Hello and welcome. It's yet another A Star to Steer Her By, your favorite Woo. podcast. Woo! I'm sure. You know, we're a Star Trek podcast. We are covering more Star Trek episodes today. As usual, I am Ames. As you've come to expect, I am Caitlin. Jake. And left with a broken link, it's me, Chris. <laughs> but wait, oh, hold on. What the hell is this? It's our or new who ally. The hell is this? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ally Carl. Yay, we finally Hello, made an Carl. ally in the Delta Quadrant. Yay. Yes. Whoa. No. Just feel like it's in both of our best interests to uh, ally. Okay, but listen, we want you to protect us, but we're not giving you shit. I hope that's okay. Oh, sure. That's no problem at all. <laughs> I'm definitely going along with that. Right. So uh, we're, all, we're all still trapped here in the Delta Quadrant. We are on episode 248. Woo! Uh, Goddamn. This week we are covering Voyager episodes, Prototype, and Alliances. So basically it's a to hell with the Prime Directive week because that thing just gets shit on all over the place. Mm. But we're going to start with Prototype. Here we go. As I said, we're talking about prototype. There is automated unit 3947, whom we find floating around in space. And after like a season's worth of techno babble, Torres (laughs) figures out how to turn the fucker on. (laughs) Meanwhile, Janeway cuts the whole thing short when 3947 starts asking for ways to help his people from dying out by maybe making more of them. Because, you know, prime directive, prime directive, prime directive. And that gives Torres a sad because she really wanted to help. But you know what? These things weren't meant to proliferate. Have you seen their faces? Yeah, seriously. Bad. Real fucking bad. I just want to know, like, which 60s Doctor Who they, like, snatched these fucking (laughs) things out of. It's terrible. Yes. So while we're returning the robot to his people, he just straight up kidnaps Torres because he's going to force her to build more robots for his people. And she reluctantly agrees so that the robots stop destroying the fuck out of Voyager. After a while, she builds Prototype 0001, who is ready to receive programming. Or so he tells us a hundred fucking times. Thanks, 0001. But then another band of robots cruises in to bust up the place because turns out their builders were at war with each other. And when the builders reached a ceasefire, the robots killed their builders because they wanted to keep doing war because that was their function. And if they were obsolete, then they wouldn't be able to continue existing. So they're going to continue this war thing. Torres is like, what have I done? And she (laughs) stabs 0001 which evidently makes him entire scrap metal because the other AUs can't use him for anything? I'm not entirely sure. But Paris beams her out in the nick of time because they were busy doing a thing. Torres gets to have a sad, uh, the end. There we go. So the opening, I don't know if it was on purpose, but very strong, uh... Total Robo Recall? RoboCop vibes. Oh yeah, that's like RoboCop. Yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I liked it. Oh. I liked that the attempt they did at some kind of design thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't mention this was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Oh, Jonathan yes, Frakes. we had noticed that. Uh-huh. And I think his last one until Discovery, right? I think that's right, yeah. At least wow. that's what Maria Alpha said. So in, in continuing the, the RoboCop uh, connection, so the, the, the unit has, like RoboCop, 
several directives, mm-hmm. but none of them are the prime directive. Nope. Clearly. But Janeway's got it up up the wazoo. She's got so much prime directive that she's coded in it. Yeah, it's so interesting to me how I don't know uh, arbitrary Janeway can be sometimes with <laughs> with you know the hardcore prime directiveness. I mean, that's just Star Trek in general. Well, since yeah. they codified, sort of. When, See, I mean, since TNG, because TOS didn't really seem to have one. You know, no. they were making, like, deals with practically cavemen because, hey, they had dilithium. But, like, once TNG came along and they tried to treat it seriously, it's just been like, what does it actually mean? And how are, how hardcore are we about it this week? Yeah, I feel like, especially this week in our episode, the two episodes that we're discussing... The Prime Directive comes up very strongly, and they're both in instances of people whom we know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. So, step one should really, really be learn about these people before you make any decisions on how to treat them. Yeah. And they don't even at all. No. And it's just like, I mean, I think with this episode, it almost kind of cheats. Well, it doesn't cheat, but it's like, oh, it does seem sort of like, I mean, just let them, What you know, why not? But then it's like, Oh, because they're crazy murder robots. Yeah, but that's a that's a, a, a retroactive thing. Yeah, right? like yeah, like generally speaking, you know, the next episode, which we'll talk about later in, in our episode, that's a very similar dilemma in that yeah. episode. Yeah, because true. it's like, oh yeah, these people seem great. Oh wait, they're actually the bad guys. Fuck, you know. So I guess it's like Ames was saying. The lesson here is really before you decide. Do your due diligence. Yeah. Jesus. Like, don't just apply. Oh, well, okay, dude. Primer. It's like, well, just sit, listen, see what happens. Don't rush. Due diligence. And of course, the other thing here was that at the end of the day, you know, the you know, Torres, well, let's be honest, she did what she did because she really kind of wanted, but she had the excuse of the whole ship was being held hostage. Right. Whereas, to be fair, though. One, we have said in the past, the prime directive is so strong, you should be prepared to sacrifice yourself and your ship for it. Yes, which is Torres stupid. was not. <laughs> no. Fucking Maquis, am I right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the, yeah, the, but has anybody ever actually sacrificed themselves for the Prime Directive? No, I, I doubt hope it. not. <laughs> yeah, that's a stupid thing to die over. Oh no, someone has the toaster a hundred years before they should have. Ah, fuck you! Know, I'm not dying like for that a toaster. Could lead to a lot of problems. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what I like about the Prime Directive yeah. is the thing, and both these episodes are kind of kind of lessons in it, but like, you know, supposedly Star Trek came from this society where like, number one, first Earth almost blew itself up. Yeah. And number two, by botching a first contact, Earth and Romulus involved themselves in a war for like a hundred years. Mm. So like, I, I like the idea, and it makes sense to me that the, that you know, going through that, they would be willing to die rather than risk starting a war over a botched first contact. But they never seem to do it, do they? Yeah, I mean, I feel like every time they do a Prime Directive story, it's... They've yet to do one where there's a compelling, like, man, maybe they should do whatever they can to keep this intact. It's always either something like this where it's just like, this is muddy and weird, or it's something where it's like, wow, this culture you're not interfering with really sucks. <laughs> and it's like, I this get it. Yeah, like, I guess some interference. don't interfere, but stop talking to them, you know? Like, 
I know I said it frequently with TNG, like the the culture from um, who watches oh. the Watchers? No, no, the one with uh, Sy- symbiosis. Uh, no, the one with um, the the it's a like, good one though, Carl. Ge- gen- yeah. Genderless species. Oh, the outcast. Oh, the outcast. The outcast. It's like okay, I get that you can't just storm in and force them to stop being the worst, but you could stop being a trade partner with them. But you're too fucking cowardly to give up a trade partner, Spotify. I mean, Federation. <laughs> um, Topical. Well, unfortunately, this episode's going up in March, probably. <laughs> I like that you just looked at your wrist as if, one, this was a visual medium, and two, as if you were wearing a watch. Yeah. <laughs> a watch that somehow tells me when episodes are going live. Oh, that would be no a less. really useful watch. I mean, I'm Ames, sure you get can make on an it, app for, like, an Apple... Just um, have just have watch. just have the spreadsheet up. I do. But yeah, I, it was interesting though because it was like, huh, they've got this this weird sort of encoding with their power systems, probably to keep them from being able to reproduce on their own. And oh yeah, and it turns out there was a damn fine reason. Mm-hmm. Silly well, Torres. I mean, I mean, kudos to the builder, yeah. uh, societies for thinking about that because you know if this were if this were humans, they would have built the the killbots without any prevention of uh you know copy protection yeah, yeah. they'd all come yeah. with replicators already in them <laughs> yeah yeah the goddamn drm burns them again yeah, i was about to say jake you found the one good use for drm what's drm yeah. digital rights management uh-huh. it's like, from like copy protection on v- movies and stuff yeah it's most it's controversial guys yeah. listen you wouldn't steal a car it's it's most often you know it's infamously used a lot in uh video games and especially on pc not only does it usually get cracked within a week or two, it's been shown time and again that it somehow ruins the performance of the games. So it's like useless and harmful. But, uh, but, yeah, but that's basically what the builders put yeah. on their their killbots. Yeah. But I do. I don't know. I. I. It's a very interesting, and it's it's not like an original sci-fi concept. But oh it's, yeah, it's we love one, robots. It's one that I. It's one that I like. The idea of the the robot soldiers that continue the war long after the the people that started the war have killed each other. Yeah. And it's just I don't know, and it's yeah. it's, it's it's always been a cool concept, I think. Yeah, yeah, I like the concept too. What I didn't like was some of the execution because and I even read that Michael Pillar, he accepts this robot story premise cuz you know, it's a good good enough premise and everyone else was like, "Oh god, I don't think we have the <laughs> capability to pull off robots. You know we're just going to put a guy in a rubber suit, right?" And Pillar's like, "It'll be fine. We can do this stuff. We're Star Trek. <laughs> It'll be fine. Just make it shiny." I just like I don't understand why they couldn't have just said, "Fuck it." They can just be humanoid robots. Get, or give them fuck a, it. Yeah. They can just be makeup job. They can just be a tin can like R two D two. This is it. Com. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, exactly. Like this is this is sort of my point. Like I feel like the thing that holds this episode's back is its reliance on humanoid stuff. If you want to know my sort of fantasy robot war, <gasps> it is the exocomps nice. on one side versus. Do you remember uh, in TNG the Arsenal of Freedom robots? Oh, oh yeah, those yeah. The, uh, the, the drones that looked like Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that's what that's what would have made this pop, I think. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's funny to me is that whenever there's like mechanized like uh, autonomous soldiers and things like that, it's never just like why isn't the ship itself a robot? Like why mm-hmm. does why does the ship need 
robot crew. Why yeah. not just make a ship that is a robot? That's a good point. Like the Cylons in, in B- the BSG reboot, right? In the original BSG, the Cylons were just piloting the ships. And they even but look in, better than these guys. <laughs> but like, you know, in the new one, you know, and I'm assuming Ronald D. Moore had something to say about this. The Cylons were were the ships. Yeah, and it's interesting because Star Wars does both. Because in episode one, you have battle droids piloting tanks. But then by episodes two and three, you have like fighters that are themselves just droids. They don't have a pilot. The whole fighter is a droid. Um, yeah. Wow. So it's it's like, well, they almost got there, but there was still this weird like, hey. <laughs> We've been trying but, so hard to forget episode two. But like, I, I don't know. I just, I think that it's a lack of imagination when, and maybe the builders didn't have an imagination. They're like, okay, we need robot soldiers. So we should just make them like, why not make, okay. If you need a, sh- if you need robots to pilot a ship, make a ship. That's a robot. If you need yeah. robots to go and fight the enemy, you know, hand to hand, make a robot that's just an array of fists. Yeah, just a weapon. You know? Just literally a weapon. It doesn't even need to think. Yeah, just an array of fists on wheels, and it just pummels that, every other robot. That would be a bitchin' battle bot. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that. Like yeah, battle bots. Right. That's what. Bots. That's what it would look like. It wouldn't be humanoid bipedal things that are gonna topple over and be shitty and look ugly i know and they need like they just have like normal hands they have like normal humanoid bodies so they still need to have a weapon if they want to do any of the fighting for you so you have you're not only building these boys droids you're also building weapons instead of just building weapons that are droids i as as in like and that's the difference between you know like something like data which where the point is to make a humanoid robot like like soon wasn't making a robot for a particular purpose. He was make. He wanted to make a copy of himself. Yeah, he was going in all robot form, an immortal robot version of himself with a bigger Hot. dong. With a bigger dong. When I was even thinking, like I forget which episode I was thinking of this during, but at one point I was like, "Why does the EMH have to use a computer interface? It should be able to just sit there and link directly." But of course, he is to an extent, for lack of a better term, a consumer product, and you want people to be comfortable with him. So you don't want people walking in seeing him going all like new Dune Mentat with his eyes glossed over while he <sighs> interfaces with the computer. You want to see him going plunk, plunk, plunk. Um, yeah, but I also I also like it, it occurred to me, I might have mentioned this before, that like, why does he only have two arms? Why don't his fingers turn into, you know, scalpels and forceps and shit? Yeah, again, I suppose that's the whole like... You'd be all freaked out if your doctor could do that sort of thing. Yeah, just his his wrist transforms into a speculum. Yeah, which like uh, is more efficient and logical, but but it does feel like at least when he's on his own, he should be able to go into like you know electroman mode and just be Sp- like spider spider robot man. Yeah, just do whatever. But again, uh, he's I suppose one justification because we don't know a lot about the war before the robots killed everyone. So I mean, it could be that they were supplement in fact i would argue there's a good there's some evidence they were supplemental soldiers which is why they have ships and Mm. stuff because i mean Mm. the ship had an atmosphere for torres did they feed her did they give her food i don't think she was there long enough for that to be a concern 
But she was there several days. She was? Oh, yeah. Because it was going to take five days or, you know, 140 hours, right, I think, right. to repair right, the ship. To repair the Voyager, yeah. Maybe yeah, they, they just kind of skipped over that whole section. She's like, all right, you're going to build the thing. And then a couple days later, hey, there's another ship showing up. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh, God, it's the bronze robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that they were oh, color coded. No. I love that, the, that all four robots we saw were only two different actors. Yeah, I each, that. each one got two. It was kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, and and as much as I hate the robots, I do like the robot voices. Like mm. voices politely telling you horrible things is always yeah. a winner with me. Yeah, that's like that, even though it's wonderful. very Doctor Who, as Caitlin pointed out. Oh, mm. ro- uh, a fine example is uh, Robots of Death. Robots of 70s. Death. Uh, look that one up, kids. It's a similar, like, just very like unmoving faces. Less so even than this. Like they weren't rubber; they were completely plastic. But again, very polite voices telling you you were about to die. <laughs> you know, honestly, yeah. though, with that, you were saying plastic instead of rubber. I actually feel like the plastic worked better because I would rather it be a completely unmoving face shield rather than. Yeah. Oh, you know, no, I agree. Whatever. Like when he was in particular, when they like first focused on him, when he was like laying on the bed, it almost looked like his like his jaw was kind of going. Plunk, 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 yeah, you could totally see the actor talking. I didn't like it. Yeah. It was a weird choice. It felt, it felt and dumb. that case. In that case, they should have just had someone off stage speaking the lines because they had to redub the lines anyway because he was mm. talking inside the mask. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was all muffled and shitty. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Oh, like uh, he was wearing a rubber suit or something. I wonder. God, I wonder how much the poor bastard. Sh- well, actually, in reality, he was probably just himself under the clothes. So. Oh, I also as- read that the poor guy, because, you know, there wasn't really a way to breathe well in that thing. Yeah, true. So each time they did any fil- any filming, it would just be like, well, and then I would take a big breath of air, and they'd say go, and I'd go. Oh. No, thank you. Yeah. And he couldn't and see, and yeah. wow. And it's so not worth it. Like, the no. effect is just not. Oh, awful. Not worth it. It's hard. You know, I don't think the acting is good overall in this episode. It all sort of feels a little high school drama club to me. But it is kind of an interesting conversation with Torres and 3947. I always like being reminded that Data is sort of a celebrity in the Star hmm. Trek universe. Yeah, it, it yeah. was a nice touch. And, yeah, it does uh, surprise me a little bit that, like, well, I mean, I guess she's she's an engineer, so maybe she takes an interest in it. But it seems weird to me that, you know, some random Maquis would just be like, oh, yeah, Data. Well, remember, okay. though, she she was at the Academy for a little bit. Yeah, so. that, that's what I guess it does make sense that, that she might know. Yeah, maybe somewhere he, he all, all the Academy walls. Yeah. Like, like everywhere, it's like, for a good time, called Data. <laughs> <laughs> He's fully functional. Damn it, I was about to say that. <laughs> But yeah, no. I, I, as an engineer, as someone who was at was at the academy for a bit, like it, she would have heard of him. But yes, if it was like Rando Maki number six, that'd be like, really, you've heard of him? Okay. I don't know. I feel like he's well, the only one of his kind in the universe. I feel like everyone probably knows about him. I guess you'd have. I think so have, too. It, it's like you'd, I feel like you'd have to have a particular interest in you know AI and cybernetics and robotics, though. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, there's nobody who looks quite like him. He's got that white body makeup, but I guess it's supposed to be metal. You know, he he would there would definitely be like a data magazine, I think. <laughs> oh and yeah, like, if the, the internet like, still no, but it's exists, like, it's like a, I mean, it's definitely it's like a teen girls magazine. Yeah, like, like Tiger Beat, da- but data it's just beat, pictures yeah. of data. <laughs> Database. Oh my data, god, database. there is database. <laughs> yes. 
no, that sounds like a that's like the fan website. Yeah, that's where the feet pics are. I really, you know, I, I feel like he'd be prime candidate for Lisa's favorite magazine, Non-Threatening Boys. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Non-Threatening Boys. The one thing that was kind of odd, I think, to the like to Carl's point is that Balana was like super into saving this guy. Yeah, really fast. Like immediately. In, like, in, like in an emotional way, not in like a, this is an interesting engineering challenge like way. Science. And that felt a little weird. Yeah, like, yeah, like she refused to go to bed. Yeah, like if she, well, even that, but it's like, again, it was the emotional attachment that felt strange. Like I would have gotten, once she'd saved him and they were talking, I could see like getting kind of like a little more, but it was, it was like, it wasn't like, this is a puzzle I have to solve for like my own sake. It was, but it's going to die. And it's like, yeah. You just met. She was way too into her metal boyfriend. I don't really get it. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I think there's way too much techno babble in this app. Oh, so and much. And not enough character work. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard enough, you know, Lieutenant Bolana Torres is with a robot who will give nothing back in yeah. terms of acting. So, like, it's it's hard. I feel like it would be hard to sell that relationship anyway. But, like, they don't even have, you know, they, they kind of have their uh, their one brief kind of moment i did like when uh he was she was like do you have ai and she's like yeah and he goes are, are they your servants and she has to be like uh <laughs> one of uh, them is not our servant um but they're not sentient so it's fine yeah yeah sure. and you know that kind of tension would have helped the episode i think like it, it does you know throw into relief about. though so what is the deal with the doctor yes you know i, I think that's this something the show is still sort of dancing around i think on purpose but like we talked about it before how they really they're getting better at it but i do think they tend to just think of him as an appliance when clearly he's a bit more than that right because we've seen him he's already like growing and developing as a character and yeah that make that means he's pretty sentient yeah and even he like i think you know in the early days he considered himself an appliance but I think even his self-perception is beginning to shift. Yeah, the Doctor's totally totally fascinating that way. I yeah. Think. Listen, as soon as he had a crush on Kess, he wasn't just an appliance anymore. Mm. I don't know, I've gotten gotten some looks from uh, from the TV. I think it's into me. So. What? I don't know. He's flirting with our television. Neat. Uh, I also noticed there was a great burn on basically everyone in the room when I think it's um I think it's Chakotay that says to Paris, "Well, oh, I'd hate to lose another shuttle because I think we're yeah. I think our count is at three. I think I think we're at three shuttles lost so far still. And and as we find out next week, apparently they're out of TNG ones. Yeah, I don't know where that one came from. Yeah, but that's next week. Yes, foreshadowing. Yeah, they must just be able to produce shuttles or something. There's no way a ship that small is equipped with endless shuttles. No. Yeah, because they only have like 140. Like they have a gross of crew members. They don't also have a gross of shuttles. Yeah, yeah they do. Have I, a gross I figure of crew they have to be building them. Well, they've like lost some, some over time. There's some. There's somebody who's down in the bowels of the ship assembling Lego some, kits. Someone has to use their replicator rations every week to just build stuff. <laughs> They do a game of rock, paper, scissors to see who loses out and has to build a pile on that week. <laughs> I do like sort of the angle of like, they've rose up because the war was ending and they're like, well, wait a minute. Like, maybe you should have pre-built into them the ability to 
Adapt. Segue them into a new use. You're gardeners now. Mm. It's yeah, fine. it's like, oh, our war's over. Let's turn off all our kill bots. It's like, I mean, they're perfectly capable of doing other things with some mild programming. You Cause idiots. Because they're, they're not just literally walking guns. Yeah. They're just automatons with, you know, hands that could carry things for you and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they really like killing. Yeah, seriously. So much. I just Speaking, can't get enough. Speaking of really liking killing, I think that's all we got to say about prototype, and we can move on to alliances. That works. Sounds good where to me. We really like killing, and we also continue to hate the Prime Directive. So, in alliances, the Kazon are fucking us again, as they are wont to do, and they oh, yeah. and they kill our best friend Kurt Bandera. No, anyone but Bandera. So, uh, Chakotay suggests, <laughs> well, what if we ally with the Kazon and they knock it off? Janeway says, uh, Prime Directive, Prime Directive, Prime Directive, until Tuvok saunters in and reminds her that they recently had a movie night watching Star Trek VI. And she's like, oh, well, in that case, fine. So we go ahead and we have some talks with Kulla and Seska, but they're being dicks, so the Nistrum are out. And Neelix goes to go contact his friend in the Pomar, and he gets himself abducted. Typical Neelix. And while he's, happens. while he's in his abduction quarters, he meets his newest friend, Mabus of the Trabe. Hey, we've heard of them. This should be fun. Long story short, let's ally with the Trabe. This is going to be the best idea we've ever had. They're not shitheads like the Kazon. We just met them, so they haven't tried to kill us yet. They even want to help us bring peace to the Kazon. Longer story, even shorter. <clears throat> Making peace with the Kazon goes really poorly, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because in a twist no one saw coming, the Trabe are also massive assholes. Whoopsie. And they try to blow up the conference of all the Majas. Well, so at the end of this episode, we're back where we started. But worse, this Maki dipshit Jonas was making a phone call to some Kazon, which may or may not pay off in the future. I don't remember. TBD, the end. Yeah, we see him being sketchy. Uh, Next week. In, in later episodes, so. Yeah. So... What I appreciate about this episode is that I think we've talked before about how, like, there doesn't seem to be a, like, as much in the way of large unified governments in the Delta Quadrant as we have in the Alpha and Beta Quadrants or, you know, like, the Dominion and the Gamma Quadrant. And this might kind of explain why. Like, it just kind of sounds like everyone was basically kissing the Trabe's asses. That society, right, you know, rightfully was fucked 30 years ago. So we're essentially in like a, the immediate, relatively speaking, aftermath of the collapse of a major power. And that could kind of explain why everything just seems so fucking hectic here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's clear that like the Trabe left a power vacuum and, and that's why the various sects of uh, Kazon are just kind of warring and fighting for dominance. maybe maybe their builders had originally built them to fight against each other but then they got killed no wait wrong episode mm. yeah but like the the trade are basically our latest iteration on space nazis it sounds like mm. uh, let's be fair the trade are white people yeah oh yeah they're yeah, just but, but they are straight up like caucasian yeah <laughs> you know it's like we basically treated them as a lower species and it blew up in our face it, it's a it's very much i think a warning to your classic just american societal bullshit and other well i think, societal I, think bullshit, I think where it take yes i would agree with that i think 
where it, where it crosses over into space Nazis is the solution now is to exterminate them. Oh, yes, that that part, yes. But I think what got them... <laughs> oh, yeah, the got, genocide. I forgot got, about yeah. genocide. <laughs> but I'm saying what, right. what, what got them into this mess in the first place oh, wasn't yeah. even being full Nazi. It was just being racist well, in like a, a way that is all too recognizable. Sure. Without it even going into like without having to go into full genocide mode you know it's just like yeah no we we had them infighting by propaganda and uh what's the word information control and this and that and finally they went like wait a minute there's like more of us and well it's like i said this is why this is what happens when the proletariat realizes they're the ones with uh the numbers yeah but yeah you're right they then rather than take the correct lesson they just went full nazi from it yeah, yeah. And this is this is why uh, I really love this episode. I think I think it's a great for one. I think it's a great Janeway episode, mm. and it's sort of you know I I think I think it would be you know just just sort of full disclosure. Like I, had I been in the situation in Caretaker, I would have sent the Voyager back home just just because just because I'm I'm tired and stuff. Yeah, fuck these O'Connor. But <laughs> they're kind of jerks. But, you know, the great engine of this series is that it is the one that takes the Star Trek ethos the most seriously. And, you know, Prime Directive or no, Starfleet or no, this kind of proves that, that Janeway has no good negotiating partners. You know, if even if she turned over all this technology, you know, I, I'm pretty sure the Trabe would end up swamping the ship and killing them all and taking it. There are only 150 people here. You know, there's yeah. not a lot of goodwill. If they're going to lie to the Kazon, they will probably lie to the Federation, too. And not just, you know, not just are they white people. I will believe that Mabus looks like Alan Alda on purpose. <laughs> I think I think a generation of TV writers came up with him as Mr. Mr. Sort of moral kind of kind of smug, but guy who who can find the heart in a tough situation. And when he turns out to be the, the bastard, then I think I think it's that's really smart. Like, mm. I really think, even though I think you can find clues that the Trabe are not what they seem, even through all those scenes where we're getting, they're gaining our sympathy, it's still like a, a whiplash. Yeah. And it's great. See, I didn't yeah. see Alden Alda. I saw him, for some reason, he reminded me a lot of Bruce Campbell. Oh, interesting. Or like a Bruce Campbell, Kurt Russell kind of hybrid. <laughs> I I actually looked him up because I was wondering if we'd seen him before, and we had. Oh. And last time we saw him, he was a fucking asshole. Who was he? Uh, who was he? He was the guy, he was like the ambassador who would dump all of his negative psychic energy into a host. Oh, shit, that guy. Yep. Yep. The one who, uh, you know, he showed up with his quote unquote mother. Yeah, was that was actually... a man of the people. Yes. Oh, yes. neat. God. Your memory for titles is wow. fucking mind-boggling. I re-listen to the podcast when I'm cleaning, so. Still, that <laughs> still, like, shit. I also I had read, to look that one up recently. I Okay, fair. But I mean, I read the episode title last night when I looked this guy up, and I'd already forgotten it again. <laughs> well, your memory is also shit, notoriously yeah. not good. <laughs> but I mean, still, to be that's... Fair. But uh, yeah, so that was him, and we're going to see him once more in Enterprise, I think? But... Yeah, so, yeah, he did a good job, and, yeah. you know, it's interesting because he, he gets to this issue that I think it does come up a lot, where, like, it is very easy for terrible people to infiltrate good people by just using the right words. You know, it's easy for yes. them to learn the language and use it mm -hmm. properly. And, I feel like uh, and I was just talking to somebody about this, 
they were talking about a Patton Oswald bit yes, where he, he talks a, about yeah. how it's often the bad people that learn the uh, the vocabulary the quickest so that they can use it against you. Yep, yep, yep. It's big time. Yeah, and he you, was just talking and, about that. And you watch that scene with him and Jane Way, and she's like, we would like to make an alliance. And he's like, maybe we could do more than make an alliance. Maybe we could make galactic peace. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you son of a bitch. That is a con man of the highest order. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. that is how you get Jane Way. Yep. That is yeah. how you get Jane I Way. I think she said, I want to say it's in this episode, because I don't remember when this was said. She says, we, we're the Federation. We believe the best in people until we're proven wrong. And I was like, yep. Jane Way, you're going to get proven wrong. <laughs> Honey, that, that was our first clue. <laughs> Federation, let's be honest. Historically speaking, you are proven wrong a yeah. lot. And Maybe. Like, what, what a stupid philosophy to have we're gonna believe the best in that case like every fucking con man that shows up it's like yeah i'll take that snake oil that sounds great i mean look at how often con men are successful in their world and like the federation like that's 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 like that's how they got screwed by the pack leads that's how they get screwed by everybody harry mud yeah yep oh yeah he seems like a nice guy why don't you research the people? Exactly. Find out the dirt and then team up with them. Again, right. like, let's, let's, like, yeah. Are we as a culture overly severe on our criminals? Yes. 18 months for treason? You've gone too far in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> like, you gotta find it's only a, balance. a light, little light treason. Yeah. Like, Ina Kleina treason. I'm not saying. And- you have to go in expecting the worst of people, but maybe approach people neutrally, Real- but with an open mind. Realistically, yeah. Yes. Just be and like, this, yeah. I, and I will grant them the, you know, they they are often making first contact and and don't know anything. You know, a lot of times there's no place to research things right. from. But, you know, I, I think that this whole mindset is another reason why they need the Prime Directive. Like, it's not just for these other species. It's so they don't get sucked in and get snookered by the evil Alan Alda. Yeah, um, sure. But, like, what the fuck is Neelix even doing? Like, what is his I, fucking job? His job is to make sure this shit doesn't happen because he's supposed to be the fucking expert. I was so happy he was being useful because he's like, I have a contact that mm-hmm. will help. And I was like, yay, Neelix is doing a thing. And then, no, he had no idea. He had the wool over his eyes about and these like, people. And it's not just that. Like, he's the fucking first one to fall for it. He's like, hey, guys, I brought a fucking armada of fucking Nazis. Well, be, again, be, being fair, like, he knew who they'd been. He's been hanging around with these Federation you know, twerps for so long now, he's been infected by their let's assume the best attitude. It's like, well, he said they've changed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, he, he, you know, he he makes a good show of it. At he his, does. At, the, at that dinner where they're like, you know, we were real mean to the, to the, to the Kazon when I was a boy. Oh, oh, oh. Like, you wouldn't on, blame man. a boy, would you? <laughs> would you? Yeah. yeah, this this is my favorite aspect of Neelix, too, I was going to say. Because, like, he's bad at all his jobs, but he is so guileless mm. that he gets people to talk talk to them. 
Yeah. And my other favorite thing in this week regarding Neelix was he he's in the uh, conference room. He talks to his contact and he's his, his contact is like, I, don't, don't talk about the murder attempt here. And Neelix is like, now, hold on, you better tell me everything you know about this murder <laughs> attempt. And then he leaves, and then Janeway comes back, and, and Neelix is like, oh, I tried to get more information about the murder attempt, but it's not <laughs> happening. I, uh, I think the, the murder attempt will probably happen. I, like... <laughs> I Damn really you, Neelix. want, like... Not a series, for the love of God, but, like, maybe a comic book miniseries or just a one-off little, like, novella short or tracks. something. Short tracks! Where are the short tracks? Son of a bitch! Well, not the... And when you hear what, you, what is I want, oh. you maybe don't want a short track. Oh, dear. Oh, no. But I just want the stories of pre-Voyager, like, attempted sleazy con man who's terrible at it, Neelix. Yes. Like, Neelix <laughs> clearly is sort of a failed Han Solo in a way. Aww. Like you in feel a different like, way than Okona. Right. Cause well, cause the writers wanted Okona to be cool. Whereas like these writers clearly understood that Neelix wanted to be like this sleek space rogue and just was not. And I want those stories, you know, I kind of want to watch his fuck ups and his this and that. Like really, I've, I, he's aside from the jealous Neelix stuff, which is bullshit. I hope we're over. I hope we're over that. Too. I want to believe them. Everything else about him, I genuinely, like, he's he's fun to have around. He's ridiculous. I enjoy him. Carl, I think you hit the nail on the head. He's guileless. And that's part of the appeal. Yeah. It's just very funny because I know, like, in the past, before we even started watching Voyager, you guys just shit on Neelix on principle because that's what the internet does. Right. But yeah, I feel like watching him and actually, like, watching him with an open mind, that jealousy thing is really a really a bad idea. And I'm, I'm yeah, that's, really... that's horrible. Not I'm glad that they that. understood it was a bad idea. But the rest of him is like, yeah, he's just, uh, he's a, he's a guy. He, he wants to help. He's got more nuance than I thought he did. Yeah. People, I think it's a, I think it's a lot of projection with Neelix. Mm -hmm. I think people don't like him because of the things they don't like about themselves. Like the thing I hate the most about him is his jealousy. And you know what? I'm one of the most jealous motherfuckers ever to live. So, uh, I mean, I think that's everybody. I think that everyone is afraid that they're like fucking annoying. Like he is with Tuvok. And I think, I don't know. So yeah, the, the one thing I will say, because Caitlin brought this up when I was talking earlier about Neelix being not as bad as, as everyone says, the one thing, and this isn't the fault of the actor or even the writers in theory, the one thing is, yeah, his design isn't like that nose. What is that nose? <laughs> that is one thing I will it's say. It's a pee pee. If, if you look, you it's, do. It's, it's the Dan Aykroyd in. Uh, yes. Yeah. Movie Dude, what is it called? It's uh, nothing but trouble. Oh, nothing yeah. but trouble. Yeah. Nothing but trouble. Yeah. Like, I will say, like, yeah, there, his makeup maybe is is also not the best. His first spots impression. are cool. Yeah, yeah. But other aspects, you just kind of look at him and the, your first impression ambassador is that, that, and you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I I don't mind Neelix as much as, as some people, but I also just think he's fucking useless. Like, he, he sucks at his job as, as the morale officer. He sucks at his job as being the expert in the Delta Quadrant, obviously. And by all... And he uh, sucks at his job as a cook. Yeah, not a great chef. I mean, here's the thing. Uh-huh. I kind of think there's a certain resistance to his attempts at being the morale officer. I think they're not letting themselves be moraled. Maybe. That's interesting. Maybe not. I mean, Tuvok I'd rather obviously. Tuvok be the be the morale officer. Oh <laughs> Christ! <laughs> All right, everyone, time for an extra G's run around the ship. 
Yep. <laughs> oh god, that. Actually, Chell. Chell could be the morale officer. He seemed like a he nice seems guy. fun. Yeah, yeah like I, thought... I said. Go ahead. Like I said in the episode, you know he's got a big disco bones medallion under that. Uh... Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh no, he does actually, doesn't he? Because we've seen it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, I forgot. I, I. It's not just something we made up. That was the show confirmed. No, nope, he, is... he actually has that. Yeah, that's what I said. So when he's off duty, he wears the full disco bone suit. That's what it is. Yeah. So my thought. I thought at the very end of the episode when Janeway's like, well, now we've made enemies of everyone, which was the opposite of our plan. Tuvok up security like a thousand percent everywhere. And Tuvok's like, yes, 10Ks for everyone. <laughs> was this the episode where I kept saying, Captain, I just want to say again, I told you so. No, that was prototype. <laughs> Damn it. This is the one where Janeway got to say, I told you so. It's I, I told you so weak. Every uh-huh. time in that fucking episode, every time. Oh no! They killed killed a guy and took Torres. I fucking told you so, Captain. Did that guy die, or was he just I, zapped? I guess I thought he died, but they sort of said that there were. I think they actually confirmed that no one had died, so no, I guess he's still alive. Yeah, I think they they. It looked like somebody got shot, but I don't know. Well, because um, uh, Belores, uh, Belores, <laughs> Belana got zapped by it later on and was fine. So, right. Anyway, sorry, wrong episode. Um, so in the robot episode, we had a reference to Data. In this episode, we get a reference to Spock. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he Tuvok brings up the whole uh, Klingon Star Trek VI thing. Mm. Didn't bring up the but, Romulan thing from Unification, which was well, surprising. That's still in process. That went under the rug. <laughs> that, that, that didn't go so well. You got you to gotta show the examples of success. They, yeah. would, this, they bring up that one in Discovery a lot. Hmm. Well, because it eventually worked out better. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I couldn't help but think that, like, by the end of the episode, there should have been a scene with, uh, you know, knowing that Tuvok's a fan of Spock's, where, where Tuvok's like, well, they may have been space Nazis, but you cannot deny how efficient they were. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Accurate. Oh, boy. It was really weird when he brought up Spock because he was like, you know, there was a it's like everyone's heard of Spock. Just he's, like probably most people have heard he's of He's bringing up Spock like she wouldn't have heard of him. It's like, look, Tuvok, yes, most humans haven't heard of, like, Surak, maybe. But they've heard of Spock. You don't have to be like, you know, there was this luminary, Spock. It's like, yeah, she knows. She read about him in fucking elementary school. Spock is like the data of Vulcan. <laughs> well, but I was just going to yeah. say that. Like, you say, there's, obviously. There's a, there's a teen beat magazine for him, too. Oh, Yeah. And Janeway um, went all the way through the academy. Jesus Christ, he probably showed up and lectured one day. But 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 here, which is what I said about Data. But wait, here's my question though: You think it's more likely that people would know Spock than Data? I mean, again, I'm talking about like this, I know, I'm this just is, asking. You you were like kind of like I don't know if anybody would know know about Data unless they had well, like also someone might not know about Spock unless they had some interest in diplomacy. Well, because or at this point, shit. Spock has already made a lot of history. Whereas Data is still sort of in the process of his life. I mean, yeah, Spock's his making alive, history but... is existing and he's still doing that. Yeah. It's also well established that in Star Trek, the crew of the original Enterprise are all celebrities and everybody knows who they are. At and least in all Starfleet. Of the episodes. Oh, that explains Bones' disco suit then. That's how he gets the ladies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, Janeway knows who Kirk is, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's safe to say a career Starfleet person has heard of Spock. Yeah. So the other thing about this episode, you know, because we talked about how Janeway seems to be easily 
swayed by by this guy and i'm wondering if like her back because like she comes from a scientific background mm-hmm. yeah she doesn't really come so much from a diplomacy background and i wonder or if, an archaeology background or, or an archaeology background for that matter yes yeah, so i wonder how if that's like a lack of diplomatic experience on her part or like if it's just not like because it's desperation kind of too, el- though. She, she's out of her element trying to like build you know form diplomatic alliances i think it's just because uh, he's pretty easy wow sexist much caitlin speaking Jeez. of sexist much no but i think oh. it's easier to i think it's natural that like the kazon look like shit and this guy looks really like nice and well dressed <laughs> in all this that's true well i'm yeah, just like, saying like i feel like that's just like uh, i'm not saying that it's right but i would just feel like you'd be more comfortable with like a seemingly like well dressed you know intelligence doesn't hurt that he's also a honky like her no oh, yeah mm-hmm. well he's definitely mm, a honky that's that's true. did you guys notice he's... how freaking sexist kala is it's nuts oh yeah oh is that the one yeah. that uh seska's hanging out with yeah. yeah well they started injecting a bit of that in his earlier appearance too <laughs> he started injecting it all right but yeah it's Ooh. really up to 11 this time we're gonna have a fucking mari episode yeah. pretty soon, considering how seska has told both chakotay and fuckface that it's their kid. I was just going to mention that. I'm, I I genuinely don't remember, but I'm assuming it's... A, I feel like she is insane enough that what she said to Chakotay is the truth. <laughs> it's a Cardassian plot, so yeah, it's true. Hey, uh, oh, you're right, it's a Cardassian plot. It's actually Tuvok's kid. Yeah, <laughs> so we're going to find out. It's even uh, a deeper, gonna come out weird. as a trabe, and it's going to be like, what? <laughs> it's going to come out as a tribble. You're baby crazy. <laughs> What do you what do you what do you guys uh feel about Seska as a character? How do you like what she's doing? She's entertaining. I like her. Yeah, she's she's interesting. She's a it does feel in many ways very hardassy and weirdness. I kind of think that the most interesting thing about her is like the subtle changes to her makeup each time. Mm, as she's like getting good, her Cardassian stuff back. Yeah, she know? started coloring in her spoon. Yeah, she she is she is just so ruthless, and I love it. Like I I don't know I don't know what I think about like the baby subplot, but like That's... I like that she's using it at least. Yeah, like, I wish it didn't exist. Yeah, I I kind of wish it was something else, but it it is getting her to like a ruthless place, and then like you have to wonder too, like having been on Discovery. No, having been on Voyager and then going to this place where her gender is berated all the time, it must be like man. Yeah, but she's Probably. manipulating them without them realizing it because they don't give yeah. credit to a woman. That's the other thing. Like she is, she is the most powerful and smartest. Yeah, like way. it definitely feels like he's trying to rein her in after realizing after the last episode that she was totally running the show and he is not succeeding. Yeah. Well, she sent out all those invitations without asking him, and it made him very unhappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, we're apparently down to uh, six factions this week. Yeah, I missed the Ogla. I wonder what happened to Nog. Well, they they They're just in a different part of the. No, no, there was a space. there was there was a guy there, but it sounds like they merged with somebody because now they were the Oglamon, yeah. I think. Oglamar yeah, Ogla something. Mar, I yeah. thought it, I thought that was just a different sect. I didn't. Yeah, but I, yeah, it could be a, it could be a merging. It's a hyphen. Oh, that'd be interesting. Ogla hyphen Mar. Yeah, because early on they had talked about like how constantly the factions were fluctuating. Yeah. And he dressed a lot like Nog's branch, so I kind of assumed it was a mm. merger situation. Yeah. That I was say, I, I mean, knowing knowing like this history of the 
the Trabe and the, and the Kazon does make me feel somewhat more sympathetic toward the Kazon. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Um, mm. And like also it, I don't know if I feel like at this point it's like, OK, yeah, these, these people have been through the fucking ringer. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just it, it makes it makes a lot of what they do make a lot more sense. That it does. The, inf- the yeah. infighting is is a still a problem, but like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the founders, too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, same idea. You've been under somebody's boot long enough. When you get out from under the boot, you might have a chip on your shoulder. I did like the the new costumes for the various sects. You know, like I actually the ones that were on the host planet. They they're the best dressed Kazon we've ever seen. Very nice, like dark matching uniforms. Yeah. Um, whereas other ones had sort of a theme that was followed, but always this sort of slapdash look of like we just kind of threw some stuff together. These guys like have a tailor somewhere. Are you saying this because you know our uh, our activity today is going to be looking at more uniforms? I did not know that was this week, honestly. No, <laughs> so that was an unintended foreshadow. Yeah, which, when we uh, that's great. When we look at more uniforms, you, we're, we're going to realize, because I, I watched this episode and I realized, oh man, the Kazon are actually in distinct uniforms. I thought they just wore what the fuck was laying around. Damn it, Kazon, <laughs> ruining everything. But we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah, but like if the if the Kazon ever do get their shit together and unite the clans, watch the fuck out. Yeah, know? no, they'll yeah. be a they'll be a major government in the Delta Quadrant. They also know if you're going to take any part of Godfather Three, they know the cool part to take. The helicopter blowing people away from the window. <laughs> which That's the only again, part. Which is also they reuse that in fucking what into darkness. They oh, they use, do. They do. They have. Uh, they have oh, fucking yeah, helicopter right. shooting through a window into a big meeting. Yep, I forgot about that. Because I was I, shocked uh, no one got killed. Even though Jane was like, "Everyone yeah. take cover," and no one takes cover. No one <laughs> still gets killed. Well, because they're they're you know their culture is very sexist. So they're like, I'm getting down because a woman told. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what you get if you're sexist. Yep. Um, Yep. Yeah. So up until shot so the, through I a think, window by a helicopter. That's right. Sorry, Jake. Up up until this point, it seems like the Kazon are more or less attacking Voyager, try trying to steal technology. Like that yeah. seems like their main motive. They want replicators. They want transporters, water, you know, whatever, whatever they can get. But now Janeway and company have legit made them enemies of the Kazon. Oh, yeah. for sure. Up with the Trabe. So it's like... Yeah, she fucked up. Uh, wow. Yeah, you, 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 you made a bad situation a lot worse because now it's not just that they're like trying to raid your shit. Now they actually hate you. Now now they think that you, you're one with their, their enemies. So good fucking job, team. Yeah. I blame Chakotay. That's easy enough. Yeah, fuck him. And also that prick, um, was it Hogan or Jonas, our new, our new friends who we see a couple times? Uh, Some of so the other McKee who are being dicks. The guy who actually, like, starts talking to the Kazon isn't the one who was being the most vocal about okay. just give them what they want so we can get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that which... one, the one who contacts Retic is Jonas. Okay, so The yeah, other one Hogan. is Hogan. And apparently yeah. Hogan was only supposed to appear in this episode, but the producers liked him so much that we're going to see him some more. Oh, fair enough. Yay! I wonder if Hogan likes hoagies. <laughs> That's he will definitely take that to Neelix. Mm. And Neelix will screw it. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of side uh, characters, uh, as a fan of Square One TV as a kid, I was happy that Larry Cedar was in this episode. What is uh, Square One TV and who is Larry Cedar? Square- like educational GBH yeah. type yep. shit. Square One was a math-themed sort of Ooh. comedy education show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they often did stuff. Larry Cedar was one of the cast members. He was often like the video, the game show host type guy. Okay. And he plays, in this, he plays the guy with the puzzle. <gasps> and uh, Yeah. And they off, I think that's a private joke because on Square One, they often had segments like that where it's like, hey, kids, if you move two of these matches somehow, you can turn this trapezoid I, into a square. I hope they did that on purpose because that I, I found that very have. intriguing. Like, wow, a case on who likes doing puzzles oh it's yep. so he can get laid i get it now yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, they didn't say they thing. didn't yeah i was i spent specifically on the case on thing was like who goes to a cd bar to do their puzzles oh that's why <laughs> yep <laughs> i'm glad uh, you told me that because i had never i've just sometimes i'm like what's that and i look and i'm like oh that i do not recognize that at all so uh yeah i'm glad you were here to to let us know about that link yeah. Every so often you see Square One people in Star Trek. And That's amazing. Happy. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Was Math Court a segment on that show? Yes. Yeah. yeah ma- okay. There was a Math Court. Uh, there was Math, math Man. Uh, there was Math Net, which was a parody of Dragnet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the best. Clever. All episodes of MathNet are available on YouTube. I will. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I may mention. have actually seen MathNet in like one of my like math classes as a kid. So, yeah, it was very, yeah. It, it sort of breaks my heart that you don't know what this is, because for people sort of my, pe- for people who were 10 when it came out, it was, it was huge a, among a certain type of nerd. That's the thing, um, like, I, I know a lot of that shit, I, this one somehow just completely passed me by. Maybe this is why apparently. you didn't like math. Maybe if you had seen this, you would there like you math yeah, more. Yeah, you didn't see math, you didn't see math yet. Um, we'll share it yeah, on the it Facebook. Was it yeah. was definitely a, oh, they're dragging in the TV cart into class uh, <laughs> with the you know VHS yeah yeah teachers edition that. square one I'm sure yeah. oh God my uh, my first high school had invested in laserdisc wow. and they Whoops. were stubbornly using that until the rot finally ate the discs away because <laughs> I remember them ha- hauling out the science laser discs sometimes oh God I can yeah. see we got to watch science eight uh, tracks. I'm a big, <laughs> big fan of uh, Scientific American Frontiers, hosted by Alan Alda, bringing hey, it back. Uh-huh. Somehow, still, love him. Same. Okay, I, I think we're winding down. Any, anything else on alliances we wanted to bring up? Oh, no, but a thing I meant to bring up for Prototype, just for my own personal, oh, wow, I'm such a nerd. At one point, you know, when they first came bring Balana into the, the building room, I say to Caitlin, that arm is from Short Circuit. He did. And Memory Alpha confirmed that arm was. She said, how did you know that? I was like, because I watched that movie. Johnny Five is alive. Way too much as a child. (laughs) Yeah, I've never, I've actually never seen it. Oh my God. It's worth it just to cringe at Fisher Stevens doing the shitty Indian accent. Yeah, that that part has not aged well. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm sure there's other stuff that hasn't aged well, but when I was a kid, I fucking loved that movie. It used to be on TV a lot. Yes. I think. Yes, it was. I Yeah. Yeah, it was my, one of my favorites as a kid. Yeah. Very, very last note on alliances. They were originally going to kill Kala off in this episode. Mm. And I don't know why they decided not to. I didn't write it down or I didn't spot it or something happened. This week's have been very busy for me. That's fair. Um, but yeah, they decided not to. So we get some more Kala later. And yeah, this... 
I feel like if they're gonna have a send-off for him, it needs to be just him. You know what I mean? Like killing him off at this this sort of group exercise thing would have felt a little anticlimactic. I feel like if they are gonna, I don't remember what becomes of him, but if they're gonna actually finish him off, I feel like it has to be a one-on-one thing between his faction and Voyager, not this. I don't know. I think Seska is gonna get him. Yeah, I don't. I, I I honestly don't know either. But yeah, me, that yeah. would be. I would but put money I, on Seska. That's what I mean, though. It has to be like the story has to be about his demise, not just he. Yeah, yeah, and there's reality versus dramatically satisfying, and it's more dramatically satisfying if it's that's the focus, yeah, not yeah. incidental to a larger plot. He's become a, a bigger character, and also it's it's also very fun to watch him because mm. his actor gives such great face. Yeah, yeah. like damn cheekbones for days i don't know how much of that is the makeup but just cheekbones for days and just every look he gives you're like well done yeah all right but speaking of uh of kula and the kazan and all of our new friends they're aliens and you know what we're going to talk about this week for our blogtivity are alien uniforms because we're i think this is the last one i have scheduled there may be more in future obviously of our uniform discussions uh, and this time we're talking about aliens, alien uniforms, or at least aliens who have uniforms that I can say definitively, yes, those are uniforms and not just what they happen to be wearing today. Yeah, that that's where it gets complicated. Yeah. All right. So I'm sure I missed a bunch. So right now I'm saying I'm qualifying this as species who are kind of the regulars who we see a lot. So not like a one off or someone we see like very briefly in the background or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to start off with our with our best friends, the Romulans from TOS. With their wonderful knitwear. Yeah, their costumes are so fucking colorful and fun. I like the asymmetry a lot. Both yeah, the, the asymmetry is cool. And the cuts are a little bit too, it and, looks like. I mean, it's pretty fun that, you know, like even when we see them in TNG years later and it's no longer like knitwear but they still have that pa- they've retained the pattern that the knitwear caused mm. yeah it's like a kind yeah. of textured effect yeah, yeah. there's like, there's a consistency between those yeah can we talk about how the the dude in the middle of the screen here kind of looks like he's doing the zoolander or whatever <laughs> no we can't <laughs> oh okay because we're isn't talking about guy, uniforms isn't that guy in the bottom middle isn't that Stan that's as well? Stan because yeah, okay. we saw him in balance of terror Stan. yeah Oh, just a heads up for all our listeners at home, um, because when we say, look at so-and-so, you can see all these up on our Tumblr. The link's going to be in the notes, and you can just head over to our Tumblr, SSHB Podcast, and look at all the visuals as well. Or you can just look them up. There's a ton of Romulans on uh, on Star Trek timelines. Watch all of TOS, spot them when they come up in episodes. This is what they wear. They wear this kind of colorful shoulder thing, and then the rest of them is this gold, shiny kind of textured material. Yeah, I suppose the sash is definitely, again, sort of a tie back to the whole, like, Rome thing, which that doesn't actually make sense in universe, but no. is uh, just continuing the gag. For Parallel like development. Yeah. The shorts I th- on, the, on the men, I think, are quite silly, though. Oh, yeah, they are kind of shorts, aren't they? Yeah, they look like Bermuda shorts or like, uh, <laughs> or like, uh, like boarding shorts. Like, you would wear them with, like, your element sweatshirt while uh you know doing a half pipe or whatever whatever skateboarders do yeah i do think romulan commander lady looks fucking great though i do like that costume a lot 
It's funny though, is like their boots are probably the same length since the guy's boots vanish into the shorts. <laughs> yeah. But her boots were made for walking. True. And that's just what they'll do. One of these days, we're going to look at another bar, another slide. <laughs> All right. Ah. So I'm clumping these by oh, by race because later on we see the Romulans again in TNG and Deep Space Nine. Shoulders. And they are basically granite bricks. Yeah. And oh, they're quilted garbage i forgot that the first appearance of the tng romulans did retain the like shoulder sash to an extent oh a little bit yeah that's in not conspiracy we're back yeah, that we're, one we're, the we're, we're back, back episode a romulan is it story. the neutral zone yes it it's the neutral yeah, zone yeah, yeah. good call good call see there's but one i didn't with, know with with uh our buddy mark oh, i was gonna yep. say there's mark alamo so do you think that they wear these really big shoulder patty things to be like, you know, when cats are mad and they arch their back and they puff out their tails? Like, is this like a like some kind of uh, like, what do you call it? Defense mechanism? Not defense, but I was going to say to look more threatening or to like look an illusion more... sort of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of the word. But yeah, do we think this is it? Is this is this a Romulan puffing up? <laughs> I mean, a lot of what Romulans do is puffing up. So, yes, let's go with yes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the, of the harnesses, too? Because they're very obvious. Uh, I appreciate that they're no longer trying to hint at Earth culture. Because <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Mm. Um, I guess, again, before really looking at them like this, it never really occurred to me. But they're, yeah, no, I'm nothing against them. They're fine. They're a unique look for them. And we can't say that they could use a belt because they've got them. They've yeah. got so many belts. They've got they a belt. Good. They've got a mid belt. They've got a shoulder belt. Much belt. Wow. Again, everyone's wearing shorts, except the guy on the far right. He's got proper trousers on. Well, proper trousers, but like in a TOS length. True. True. Very short. Very short pants. Yeah, no, they're, they're fine and they're distinctive. You know, you see them, you know, right away, oh, I'm looking at a Romulan. Yeah, because they're kind of silly. But yeah, I think you see them enough as well that you just get used to them, too. Yeah, exactly. They, they all have the same haircut. I kind of just noticed that. Yeah, what are they? Is that like the one? Yeah, they all have Spock's haircut. Really, that's the one thing they retained from the culture. They were like, you know what? We 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 decided a lot of what the Vulcans were up to was dumb, but fuck, they nailed it with the hair. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we do see some more Romulans because we're going to look at the Romulans that we see later in Deep Space Nine, and I think a couple times in Voyager. Somehow, I forget how this works. Yeah. Um, but I remember somebody. I want to say Ron Moore. But somebody saying, like, can we change the Romulans? They look like fucking brick walls. Can we can we slim them up a little bit? Yeah, they So they kind of out. take the padding down. Yeah, yeah, they chill out on the shoulders, which helps. I don't know. I don't feel threatened at all now. I think they, <laughs> yeah. they missed a step. I'm going to fuck with these guys. <laughs> but, and find out. But they are still <laughs> recognizably Romulan. They've still got the, like, quilting pattern, as Jake pointed out. The harnesses have become sort of just bandoliers with a belt, but it's still there. And they're allowing them to uh, have a haircut modification where the haircut's the, sh the size of a V. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I notice. That's true. Is that, do you think that is intimidating? I, mm. Oh, yes, very. <laughs> it accesses their eyebrows, too. I, yeah. I have voiced before that the only redesign that really sticks in my craw is the, the deep V on Romulans, because the whole thing was they look exactly like Vulcans. Yeah. I mean, didn't they kind of like retcon that in Picard? A little bit. There, there are some Romulans some that have, that have it, and some v don't, and some that don't. Yeah. So Which yeah, is I think like, it's how uh, they had to try to get themselves out of trouble with the many, many Klingon designs. 
Oh, mm. it was uh, mm, the. Mm. Yeah, and then come discovery, they're like, "No, we're gonna do it and not explain it at all." That's it's like but it's kind of better when they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah I don't go. Yeah, I mean, when we see Enterprise try to explain the Klingon change, it's oh, like, uh, you know what? It, it was Data's fault. It, uh, yeah, it's like I'd have preferred you just let me. Like again, I said it at the time. The perfect explanation was in DS Nine. We don't talk about it with outsiders. <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> This is the only time I bitch about a redesign because it's like, no, but literally the point was, uh, anyway, that's not, we're here, bro, close. Yep, yep. For a second, I was thinking of including the Romulans that we see in Picard, but I don't think we actually see anyone except so I wouldn't know if that's a uniform or not. What, um, what about the, the, the siblings? Well, they're- They don't wear uniforms. Like a, yeah, they're in like that's a true. weird, yeah. yeah, like we don't know- but I'm not going to talk about her today. No. What we are going to talk about are some more Romulans who we see oh, in yeah. Nemesis, because they give them this kind of like bathroom floor tile pattern um, say, like on these smashed, jackets. Oh, yeah. It's like they smashed a copper disco ball and <laughs> took the mirrors from it. Made him, a, made him a mosaic. Aren't these like specifically like the Senate? I think they are, but I love these church so much that I had to show you guys. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. That is fair. Like, look, look at all the belts and, like, cross-body, like, uh, swatches of material. It's like, I love it. Plus, she looks like she's got a couple of keychains on there. Mm-hmm. That'll be helpful. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot know, about these. Good look. Yeah. I like integrating carabiners into fashion. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. I like how, again, the, uh, the Star Trek timelines graphic yeah. is clearly taken from the exact frame of yeah. the film that you have here. Seriously. Yeah, there oh, aren't no. a lot of head-to-toe looks in movies because the screens are so much wider, so it's yeah. hard to get them all on the screen unless you're doing a distant shot. Oh, well, no. That guy, on the, that guy on the far right is packing. That, that reminds me of something I meant to bring up with Prototype. We'll make it very brief. Mm. There's a moment where you can see that Roxanne Dawson is wearing sneakers. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, <When> no. <laughs> yeah, at one point, she's talking to Droid Face on Voyager, and she takes a step, and you can see she's wearing white shoes. And it occurred nice. to me, like, I'm willing to bet, because those boots are probably uncomfortable as fuck, mm. I bet a lot of times when you can't see the actor's feet, they're actually just wearing whatever they wore to the set that day. And that is kind of most of the time, you know? Yeah. I, you, you don't really see their feet a lot. Yeah. Right. I know famously uh, Peter Cushing almost never wore his boots on Star Wars because they were uncomfortable. He was usually in slippers. Ah. Uh, that's uh, a... <laughs> love to see that. And... Yes. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, yep. So we oh, love wait, wait. A- I'm going to try to guess. Are we going to be looking at the uh, horrible vampire Romulans next? Oh, no. They're later. I, I come ah, by species. Damn it. So first we're going to look at Klingons, right. but I do have I do have Remans later. So be be prepared. Yes. Uh, but we're backtracking a little bit just so we can look at some, look at some Klingons. These are the TOS Klingons oh, who are Kola. so shiny. So shiny. But bandoliers from day one, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yep. So that at least carries over. And actually, even the big studded belts, I think, last a while. Are the bandoliers only for captains? Because I only see Kang and Kor wearing them. That could be what it was in the original well, series. Uh, yeah. Isn't isn't Koloth a captain too, though? He was captain a governor, Koloth. wasn't he? Oh, I don't remember he? now. Well, when we see him, he's acting as a governor at the time. Hmm. Wait, when? It, no, wait, he's in trouble with Tribbles. Yeah, he's Captain Koloth. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I captain forget who Koloth. the governor is that we see. Um, also, I like that, um, that they've included, for some reason, Mimi from the Drew Carey show. 
Who, Mara? We love Mara. Yeah, I know, but that, 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 that eye makeup, makeup is, yeah. So much. It's so much. It rubbed off on Chekhov. <laughs> oh, God, it did, didn't it? It did, yeah, because you could see it on, uh, he, like, wiped it off on the wall or something in yeah. Day of the Dove. Forgot all about that. But, yeah, I think, I feel like the pant material is very, very similar to the TOS Romulan shirt material. Because mm. it's, it's just that sh- shiny, textured gold shit. Yeah, it's just, it's, that's the sixties. That's how. That's what fabric was in the sixties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. It was uh, the fucking the the bio beds in med bay and the sheets. Yeah, I think my grandparents had a couch of that <laughs> material. It was a very itchy decade. I think Mara's costume might be a little one piece with shorts built in, and I think that's I th- cool. Think so. Yeah, I will say, looking at these the tinkle. for the first time oh, in a yeah. while. Mm, looking at these for the first time in a while, it it is actually. I, I kind of forgot how much they did carry forward into the, like, TOS movie and, by extension, TNG Klingon design. Like, yeah, they get rid of all the gold, but there's certain basic elements there. The, like, big square shoulders. The yeah, the big aspects. belts. The belt like, belts with studs. I feel like we're going to see lots of studs. Yeah, they kept a, a lot more than I remembered. Well, let's take a look. Let's see if you remember correctly. Take a look. It's in a book. Because I'm going to clump first by the TOS movie Klingons yep. whom we see. Uh, and they, it, it's not quite uniform. They were just a lot of just general, big, bulky, gray stuff. Yeah. But they're sort of like the rule seems to be uh, vests only with long sleeves underneath. If you're not a cool boy, like our favorite Klingon there. Um, Ooh, Claw. Yeah. Ugh, he's awful. Notice um, the shoes because the shoes are so fun. Oh, yeah, the spice shoes are the best. You can still get these at Hot Topic, I think. I can't remember. I think the spikes on the shoes is something they eventually drop, which is too bad. When did they drop? Because we're going to look forward, but I I think we see them all through TNG and DS9. Oh, good. Good. I guess it's just an effect of not seeing the boots much in anything. Mm. But yeah, they kind of landed on something they liked with one and then just did permutations on that going forward. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's very, you know, again, it's very familiar. It's like, yeah, this is basically what they are going through the remainder of. You know, it does look like we have them to blame, though, for bald men who insist on having ponytails. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Now. Am I mistaken or is one of these people not a Klingon? (gasps) <gasps> oh, you're right. The one with the <laughs> one of them's wearing a mask. Yes, that's but right. he's with dressed the with... like a Klingon. He is dressed like a Klingon. The that's one with true. the sniper rifle. Yeah, right. they that's... have yes. they have Colonel it... West in uh, in timelines. So that's Odo. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Odo. The guy and on the right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's Rene Auberjonois. Of course, that's Mark Leonard on the far left. Yep, yep. Making him, I think. At the time, at least, I don't know if this has since changed, but at the time, he's the only person who played a Klingon, a Romulan, and a Vulcan. Oh. The trifecta. I wonder, yeah, I bet you could check that. If anyone's done it, it's our friend Phil Morris, but I'll have to check. Mmm. Everybody always talks about getting the Tony, the Oscar, and the Grammy, but... You know, yeah, <laughs> So it's... rarely do they discuss playing those three races. Yeah, the... the plus... The, the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, trying, yeah. we see a ton of Klingons once we hit TNG and <laughs> Deep Space Nine. This is... <laughs> oh, it's the sisters. I, titties. I love the way you arranged this. <laughs> okay. 
Well, because you just oh, put him front and Gowron center. In the middle oh, of course, I put Gowron front like, and center. Like that was just perfect. I, fact, I think I got his boots from Hot Topic. <laughs> like I was kind of kidding before, but I own those boots almost. And there's, of course, Cisco. Who's that on the far right? Is that actually Klingon, or is that like O'Brien Klingon? Yeah, yeah that's O'Brien like Klingon. O'Brien. Okay, <laughs> the art's not the best, but yeah, I yeah you guys they can range. Tell. I'm like, I don't know. And Kalar, of course, being the best. Oh yeah, mm. I love her. Yeah, you kind of notice they're more, they're way more uniform now because they all have this kind of little horseshoe thing uh, on the yeah. chest. Yeah, so they do. Is that I, like, do we ever see Kalar in a military outfit? Like, yes, we do in yep. the emissary because Very she and Worf play dress up. Oh, that's right. When they're when they're playing on the holodeck before they bang. No, no, Worf. no. When they're fooling oh. the yeah. Klingons who were in cryo. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. You're right. And it looks like they very possibly just literally put Worf in Christopher Lloyd's costume from three. Yeah, I don't have a copy of him somewhere, but you can definitely check that. At the very least, they busted out that like away mission like overcoat he has. You know, I gotta say, you gotta feel wicked bad for I mean, all of them, because these are clearly made of rubber, probably hot as fuck. But uh Mm. Lursa and Bator having to wear dress versions. Yeah. Like, they yeah, probably... get the vent, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Keep your boobs cool, yeah. Yeah, everybody needs a good boob vent. But, yeah, I, I imagine that made theirs a little extra heavy just because of all the material and... Ugh. Yeah, they must be having a major schwitz. Yeah. Well, they look great. But it is nice to see they the do. through line. There is more of a through line to the Klingons from the original to later series than I had remembered. The study belt buckle. Yep, that's the main thing. Got that well, fucking. Well, don't worry. Klingons change up entirely in Discovery. Whoops. In that the even the the uniform aesthetic is fully and entirely different. Lots of spikes, though. I like that they got that. You know, it's, they eventually, uh, you know, migrated down to the shoes. But here, they almost look kind everywhere. of like medieval style because they've got these kind of like little flappy skirt things. Mm. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that just they, yeah. They, it strikes me as like a like an old timey like old English soldier kind of shape. Yeah. yeah, a lot of what they do with Klingon aesthetics, the makeup aside, makes uh almost kind of makes sense if it's like it sounds like they've fallen into another civil war. It's not like that happens a lot with the Klingons. But this one's lasted for a while and everyone's kind of like trying to show off to each other. So that's why they suddenly go all like Mm. crazy bonkers crab aesthetic. (laughs) Uh, As we all know, the crab is the pinnacle of evolution. Well, a lot of these a lot of these ones in particular, though, are part of the the religious cult. True. Also, I think you mean the salamander, Chris, but that's next week. Oh, God. Barf. Like Takuma's cult, so maybe yeah, they you're have right. their own special outfits that. Yeah, chap. But, but the whole the whole point was that the Klingons weren't united. Yeah, at, the, at this time. Yeah, so it would make sense that they have disparate looks. The chap in the middle certainly is. He was just from one of the regular houses. He wasn't. Oh yeah, that's Cole. Cole. Uh, Cole of House Core. Right there we go. Yeah, but like, but like, um, you know. Evoke, Laurel, and uh, yeah. Takuvma all kind of have a consistent look to yeah. each other. Yeah, with the, with the spiky shoulders and yeah. If this were like uh, in a, a runway show on Project Runway, you'd say that's a collection. Yes, yeah, exactly. they're all in the same collection. 
yeah, I guess, you know, they're, I like them as pieces. It's, you know, whether or not they work, you know, it does, they make choices. Maybe not all of them great, (laughs) as far as the Klingon aesthetic goes. Like, I don't know that they're necessarily recognizably Klingon. Mm. But again, it's the question of how much you buy the narrative reason for the changes. I would say, I think, of the lot, the guy in the middle, like, I love his outfit. I love a good cape. He just... (laughs) A cape, wow. I like his, uh, like, big one fucking shoulder pauldron thing Mm. there. Actually, okay. He he looks cool. He does sort of, the thing in his shirt does suggest that little, the thing you pointed out, Ames, the little uniform oval they would all have later. Oval? Oh, like the little, okay. Yeah, so that's there. I don't know how intentional that looks because I I am not. I'd only have to look see it if I were looking for it. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, actually, having known many costume designers, that is a hundred percent intentional. I will say though, I have now seen something I can't unsee on that guy, and that is a face in his breastplate. Because the gold part on the bottom is like a big chin slash beard. The hole is a mouth. The other gold things, the nose. Not just that, but it looks like he's like a white guy saying like Confucius say in like a nineteen forties. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, yellow face. Yeah, rough, weird. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Oh boy, these are my favorites. I almost didn't include these because you only see them once, but then I had to include the season one Ferengi. Oh my god, the fucking figure. The fucking (laughs) fur. What? Oh god, there's yeah. It and it's like so he's fake with a fiddlehead. That one, like everything with the first appearance of the Ferengi, everything's just a mistake. Yeah, everything. The boots. Look at the fluffy, fluffy boots. Yeah. Whatever. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I was about to say. Oh God, they they predicted Uggs. Yeah. No, these were bad. Oh, well, they definitely weren't good. Oh, but there's no. Armin Shimmerman, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh. He's so young. I love you, Armin Shimmerman. I hope you he's listen a delight. To this podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. I really hope you don't, actually. I hope you don't dress like this anymore. I hope he wears the the quark suits just for fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, oh. so I just wanted to include this because otherwise we do see a lot of other Ferengi throughout seasons two through seven. of Those PNG. are much better. They're weird. They are. I, I appreciate that what it is, is even though it's their like uniform, there's still a suit quality to it. Yeah, because, it almost looks like a business suit. Yeah, I don't understand in- the the door knocker on the chest uh, it's like a tie it's yeah like a tie clip or something yeah there we go okay that that's fair it. i wonder what other species think of ties because ties are very silly looking when you actually think about them yeah but it's like a, it's the it's the ferengi equivalent okay yeah. I, I buy that yeah but yeah i, I, I lo- didn't really point out uh or you, you didn't show any of them from behind where we would have seen the 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 head oh the thing uh, oh, yeah, no, but you yeah, know what's like there. Rom's, uh... Yeah. We've never quite figured out. We had to come with our own headcanon as to what the deal head, with it is. Headcanon. <laughs> uh, what did we decide it meant again? Um, that it didn't really mean anything as much as just like, you know, not wearing one is just kind of be like, kind of a, a brag, you know? Yeah, I don't believe any of this, so. Yeah, no, we there's no good reason for or for it. To not be there, it just sometimes sometimes they don't have it. Um, yeah. Moving forward, moving forward, we do see lots of different and yet very similar aesthetically 
uh, Borgs throughout the whole, all of the series. Is that Troy as a Borg on the far right? Yeah, Timelines oh, yeah. does some special ones every so yeah, often. A, I was actually just Tuvok wondering if that was Borg. Tuvok. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that. Wow. We got a Cardassian Borg, it looks like, over here. Borg just really all look like leather daddies. Hmm. I don't know. I freaking love Borg Queen's look. Hmm. I'd actually forgot until I saw it shared online the other day. Early designs of her were definitely like, hey, let's just rip off H.R. Giger. Who? Uh, the guy that designed Alien. Oh. I mean, it's still somewhat there. A little bit, but they scaled it back to something a little more Trek looking. But yeah, you can definitely look at this and appreciate the shift from like TNG rubber suits with some bits on to like the later... We're going to try a little harder to make it look more metal in the movies. And yeah, yeah, we have more money for this. Yeah. Very metal. But yeah, there's definitely less sort of a, like the extent of the uniform is we're all plated, but then there's all kinds of random weirdness going on. Yeah, we are adding technology to ourselves. We are assimilating yeah. the technology. Yeah. Now it is on my face. Yep. Good times. Mm-hmm. Moving forward. Oh, Cardassians definitely have a great uniform. True. Because it makes them look like so like broad shouldered, well, even when they're not. Let's rephrase this. After their early appearances, they have yeah. a great uniform. Yeah, what is that fucking it looks like you know, they actually make these like um they make like dildo like strap on holders for your face. That's what that's <laughs> that's what that strap thing looks like. Wow. What? It's what <laughs> Why? Chris is like is burying his hand in his face. That's what it looks like. I'm sure. I'm just, why is that? A th- I mean, I know why it's a thing. Well, but. for face sitting, you silly, big silly. Jeez. But yes, the ones that come after that, they're they're. You know what else he kind of looks like? Oh, he God. almost oh, looks no. like no, 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 nothing sexual this time. Almost like I'll a judge um, of that early, like early Doctor Who Silorians. Not Silorians. Um, the pudding heads. What the fuck uh, are those called? Suntarans. Suntarans, yeah, that's it. There's a, there's a bit of Suntarans. There's some Suntaran there, yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the silver, gray, whatever, triangular uniforms are great. They are classic. That hmm. monstrosity on the left is a nightmare. You know, yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, even because, you know, I know the, the thing on the head is distracting and awful, but even yeah. the bodysuit just oh, it's all looks. Bad. Yeah, it just looks so bland. And no, yeah, you know, you know. You know what the difference is between the original Cardassian uniform and the new Cardassian uniform? I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And to your point, Ames, what's good is it makes them look broad-shouldered, but not in that... Faux Romulan way? Yeah, that really overdid it <laughs> Romulan way. This is the difference between a makeup artist who knows how to overdraw lips and people who just try <laughs> and are bad at it and just make it look like their mouth is... 25 inches of lips. I gotta say, though, I kind of wonder how often actors sat down and accidentally stabbed themselves square <laughs> in the dick oh, in the cr- with oh. that point in their shirts. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It does seem like it would be an occupational hazard in this outfit, yeah. That's the one thing with it. It's just like, oh, that is, that could very easily have, have made sure that uh, Mr. Biggs there never had children. But yeah, okay. no, nothing bad to say about them. I have lots of bad things to say about the Bajoran uniforms. Yeah, there's uh, there's some choices happening here. They're not they're not pretty. I mean, Odo specifically, the color is so sad, mm. and the shape oh. is very nylon sack. Like, that fucking one with the purple is terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not great. 
Like, it kind of feels like the issue is that they designed something that really, really worked for Nana Visitor. Oh, when she's tiny. But then it doesn't work on pretty much anyone else? I think it looks good on Rom. I feel like Rom rocks it. I feel like if if it weren't, like, so jumpsuit looking, though, if the pants were a different color... Even if the uh, pants were like the color of the of the shoulder area, just to break it up, because otherwise it looks like he's going to gymnastics class. Maybe he yeah. is. Okay, fair. Yeah, it's uh, and yeah, like who who decided on that like beige and purple combo? That is terrible. Somebody that was colorblind, maybe. Yeah, I think Again, the ones they, over here on the on the far right. I think these are like nursing or something. The medicals. Because their colors are right. weird. Yeah, they definitely look the best on Kira and very few other people. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think just means they designed her uniform, her costume first, and then realized, ah, shit, everything has to kind of relate to this. I mean, it's a fair cop, though. She is sort of our, she's our main Bajoran, so as long as she looks yeah. good, it, you know, it's kind of whatever. In my opinion. Yeah, I also think the red is a better color than any of the other colors. So red, yeah, I think, definitely. is easier to rock, too. Because yeah. Akira in one of these beige things would probably still look not not the best. Yeah, I mean, no. Nana would look great, because Nana always looks great. But it would still not be a good costume. I don't actually remember anyone having ribbed pants like that guy on the left. I don't think we've met him yet. Oh, fair enough. Huh. He looks like he is up to no good. He clearly is. <laughs> I'm into it. All right. We also see a lot of Jem Hadar. Mm. And they look very, they're dressed so practically, too, because they are, yeah. you know, they are here to be fighting soldier guys, so they're dressed yeah. to fight. Yep. For big, success. Big pockets. Another value of a pocket. Oh, yeah. Look at these pockets. They have places to put things, they have yeah, a place to put their white vest. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm all into a vest. Not if your rank determines how much chest you get to show off. Hmm. Mm. Nice. Nice. Good guys. The Vorda are so I didn't realize that the Vorda kind of dress alike until I saw them all on on Star Trek timelines. Yeah. Because even though they all have different colors, like the shirt shape, shirt shape. Yeah, it's um, all that fo- it's all that wrap shirt thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the wrap thing with the big. What do you what do you call the lapel? Is this like lapels? What are these? It's sort of a lapel, for lack of a better term. Yeah, they're just huge, flappy bits. Yeah, that are a different color than the rest of the shirt. Look at all the Wayunes. I love Wayun. There's that smug <laughs> bastard that walked into a wall over and over to death. Oh, Kivon, he's great. Kivon, poor Kivon. Icky pop there, looking all weird. <laughs> yeah. Even when we first met Eris, the first Vorda we met, even she's got kind of like the yeah. the big flappy bit shape on the on the collar. I gotta say, seeing a uh, other lady Vorda whose name escapes me in Kalana. full like that. Thank you, Kalana. Kalana or Kalara, one of them mm, works for me. She kind of looks like a ringmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is With that? The stripes oh, the... in the middle there. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah. If she had a whip in her hand yeah, or something. Put a, put a big top hat on her and she's going to be introducing the flying Fellini brothers or something. Yeah, but even though she's dressed differently, she's dressed, you know, to show off the titties. 
she's still yes. got like the the stuff yeah. up across the shoulders, so it's still and, in the in the aesthetic. Yeah, and the wraparound things. Some of them have the Captain Kirk's Fat Day shirt wrap. Some the it closes further in. But yeah, you're right. There's definitely a consistency there. I never appreciated while watching yeah. the show. Yeah, I was I was glad to see them. Yeah. We also have the Breen. We see My a bunch God. of Breen costumes. This changes everything, Ames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yep, think yep, yep, yep. the Breen are more understated because it looks yeah. like they're wearing armor, but very kind of cheap armor. Mm. I mean, granted, when we saw Dukat in it, I was like swoon all over the place. Oh, yeah. But when you actually look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, it kind of looks cheap. Aren't mm. these like, supposed to be like cryo? suits too though allegedly yeah yeah like it cold Mm. even though their home world supposedly is quite temperate according to is that garrick i think it was garrick yeah was it garrick or one of the wayunes i can't remember now i feel like it was garrick trying to make small talk with a breen but it might have been wayun when did i don't think garrick ever talked to a breen maybe it was me i don't know anyway all I know is the Breen never wear helmets, according to TNG. So table. <laughs> <laughs> that kid was a liar. That kid's the worst. That fucking liar. Hated Wait, him. what kid? <laughs> There's uh well, He was taken captive by. Oh, them? this no, was he... Data's stepson, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Oh, I hate that kid. Oh, that piece of shit. Right, because his parents were killed by the Breen? Question mark. Is that what happened? I don't remember. But I think he said, like, the, the whoever attacked the ship were wearing helmets, and somebody said, well, it wasn't the Breen, they never wear helmets. Uh, Whoopsie. And instead, they all wear Princess Leia's helmet from Jedi. <laughs> I think it's very distinct. Mm. Alright, so these are the ones I'm less familiar with, because we're when we hit Enterprise, we're going to see lots of Andorians. Yep. I'm excited, and they, I like them. And they do definitely have a uniform for us to look at. It is yep. very leather. Very. It is very sexy and tight. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have another Wayoon over here. <laughs> and Dorian uniforms are tight. <laughs> <laughs> you still watching pitch meetings? Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, fuck. I amuse myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they got good good pants. And they fit. Pants. They fit soup. You know, because considering it is like a very very tight suit, it fits yeah. them very well. Yeah. So kudos to the costumer Must taking their job seriously. Pulling a shirt on over your head when you got diddly bobs. <laughs> well, well they, I'm sure they, they, they sew them movement, in, right? So they could probably like pull them down or something. Yeah, because well, like yeah, hold them close especially to their in an Enterprise, head. they're fully articulated. So yes, that's true. They are. They could oh just like God, fold I them up. Oh my God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I really like Endorians. I mean, the actors couldn't, though. I assumed, no, no. That, I assumed that we were talking about like as a race of. Oh, as a race, putting, yeah. But actually as, putting yeah, shirts in on. universe. <laughs> Out of universe, who knows? Oh, did I not include the Remans? I thought I included the Remans. I guess I didn't. Well, it was a Rats. bunch of. Bad late nineties <gasps> goth club gear. No, I love the Riemann clothes. Fair, fair. I forget why I didn't include them. Maybe it's because we don't see them. We don't see enough of them or something to yeah. To I mean, get just, multiple screenshots. They're all basically dressed like uh, the Picard clone whose name escapes me. Shinzon. So. Shinzon, thank you. Shinzon. 
they, yeah, but they I remember did the look... Viceroy was dressed differently. Was he? Okay. Yeah. All I know is it looks like they were probably sweltering even without the makeup. Mm. Poor buggers. I feel like that's a common problem in Star Trek. True. I mean, True. the Cardassians are hot. The Breen are fucking hot. Everybody's hot. Everyone's Everybody. so hot. The Borg. I gotta say, I didn't mention this we were on the page, but uh, Senator... Breenak? It's a fake. Breenak. Nice suit. Yeah. I assume that's a suit more Good than a tea. uniform. Yeah, because he's yeah, a that's, senator. That's, yeah. yeah. That's like a... But it definitely has the new Romulan shape. It does. It does. But it looks good on him. You know, it's a, it's a nice jacket. But yeah. All right. So as usual, we're going to pick pick your favorite, pick your least favorite. This is a tougher decision, mm. I think. Because uh, a lot of them I'm just so used to seeing the, the, the race dress this way. So a lot of them yeah. I'm just like, yeah, that's how they dress. Yeah. I think my least favorite is definitely early Ferengi. Not a it's, not not a bad choice. <laughs> it's close with the it's I mean it's almost like too easy. Yeah. It's close though to the I would say my second least favorite might actually be I don't know, tied between Bajor and Breen. Yeah, I'm going to give my least to to the Bajorans just cuz I I feel like they did not at least the Ferengi had an idea. The Bajorans did not look like they had an idea. Mm. I got to go with the Fer- early Ferengi because I had an idea and holy shit is it bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they look like fucking cavemen. What is going it on? It is. I was just thinking yeah. that it looks very caveman. Well, I should say they look whip. like they look like what old movies thought cavemen dressed like. I should say. Well, how about you, Jake and Carl? What are your least favorites uh, of these? I'm having trouble with the least favorite. I think, um... <laughs> frankly, they're all terrible. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, only a couple yeah. that I don't like. So yeah, like for me, I can't divorce my opinion of the portrayal with the costume of the 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 first appearance of Ferengi mm. just because I look at it and I think of that terrible episode and the <laughs> and terrible the everything the hissing and the dancing and the, yeah, the whips the whips so it's like do I really dislike that uniform or do I just dislike that It's portrayal? all it's all goes together though cuz I think that's one of the things that makes them bad maybe I do so, I was going to say I just want to offer that it could absolutely be both True it can be both but I also am not crazy about the TNG Romulan outfits. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I never liked the the blocky shirts. And we see a lot of them, too. And we do see, we do see a lot of them. But it's, and like, as much as I like some of those episodes and, and some of those characters, the, the costumes just always look so ridiculous to me. That's, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Fair. That's that's the thing that just doesn't come up enough. I think is like TNG, great show, but many of its aesthetic choices were deeply, deeply bad. I'd agree with yeah. that. Yeah, especially early. I, I feel like yeah. later on they started understanding. Well, the but then they got some out of them, the, money, they and got some out of them they the were 80s. stuck with too. Yeah, I was yeah, like they got more money and they got out of the eighties. Which let's be honest, the eighties by and large was just for everyone an aesthetic nightmare. It was a really bad decade for so much looks wise i feel like the romulan uh, shoulder pads definitely only happen in the 80s <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's like it's like it's like the power suit translated to to space yeah. nice do you have a least favorite here carl yes i think uh i'm gonna go with the discovery klingons Ooh. uh not 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 because they're terrible but they're, they're just i found them sort of derivative I certainly don't mind them changing up what Klingons are, but when you go to that from the the cool Michael Dorn era Klingon, it's just it's just sort of I think it's derivative. I I feel like it's it's 
a piece of the Dorn Klingon and then add like Nosferatu. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a little bit of Riemann in there, isn't there? Yeah, I guess there is. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and so yeah, so they're even they were then ripping off uh, the Riemanns in some way. So I, I just think it's uh, it's it's not you know looking at all these together, I sort of realize I'm disappointed how gray everyone seems to be. Mm. You know. Oh yeah, I know in Deep Space Nine, whenever there was Cardassians and Jim Hadar on the screen together, oh, you'd be God. like, "Gray." Yeah. Yep. And it's 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 like you know you know I, I didn't realize how much I liked the TOS Romulans. Oh yeah, Just right. plain for being like not gray and not metallic. Like, would you, know, you call you them your that. favorites? Uh, no, not quite. But they are up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, favorites is harder just because so many of these are so emblematic. It's true. I'm going to go with Andorians. Nice. <laughs> they look like they want to have weird kinky sex, and I'm here for it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give it to the TOS Romulans. I forgot just how distinctive they were. They look kind of friendly, which makes it more uh, easy for them to trick you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're very they're very mod. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, I'm going to go with I'm also going to go with TOS Romulans. With the caveat, they can't be wearing the fucking helmet. The helmets are all. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, not those. Not those. But do you want to make that many ears, Jake? <laughs> that is, you know, that's like half the reason they do. Oh, it's entirely the reason. Oh, I am anyways. very, very tempted to give it to the Vorta. That's Just because they're they so, wonderful. they're so unique. And there's mm. so like nothing else you see up here. Yeah. I, and I don't think I can look at any of these and say I like them better. Hmm. No, yeah, that's fair then. Go for it. Yeah, give it to whoever you want, my friend. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, had the, I had the Vorta first as well. Oh, brilliant! Uh, it looks like th that is the most alien-looking of all these costumes, I think. And it's not just the colors. You know, it's it, it's uh, not gray, which I, I approve of. <laughs> and uh, just the entire look. Like, I, I buy that as a humanoid life form that is not yeah. human. The most... Well, there we awesome. go. Awesome. I think I think that brings us to the end. And of course, I'm certain I missed a whole bunch of alien races that I could have covered. But you know what? I'm one person and it takes me a long time. And it's uh, too complicated. And as yeah. we discussed, you never really get a great look at raw Vulcan uniforms. If there no, are you any. don't. You and then it's a question is, stuff. yeah, are these uniforms or are these like cultural clothing or yeah. are these like business suits it's like yeah. some of them are like too difficult these ones were obviously like these are the uniforms these are the ones we can discuss yeah yeah if you want to hear our opinions on other costumes other uniforms uh get, find a screen grab because i don't want to because i'm done i'm done with these today speaking of being done today <laughs> yeah i say that and then jesus christ upcoming at some point we're going to talk about like bridges and captain's chairs and i'm regretting it already because there's oh. so fucking many and yeah uh, so few because they were mostly redresses. But they were they're dis they're very distinct. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm just saying, like in real, like they're simultaneously many and few. Yeah, in I, com I complained to to Chris yesterday that I thought, oh yeah, Crapton's chairs that'll be an easy one to knock out. Doing my research, learned they changed the fucking chair between every fucking movie. God Whoops. damn it. Hate so many it. chairs. Yeah, but that's another week. Also another week are going to be our next week's episodes of Voyager. So next week, 
Next week, we are covering Threshold and Meld. Here it comes. Gonna be a good episode. I'm not even gonna spoil, but damn, I think it's gonna be a good good discussion. Smelled. Yeah, so definitely check us out next week for that. Uh, keep following us he- following us here on SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to us right now. Could be Apple, could be Google, could be Spotify. Is that a thing? No. What ones are we on? Yeah, we're joining the Neil Young protest. Done. <laughs> Success. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and hang out with, with us there. Uh, make sure that you're following the Tumblr because that's where all these pictures for all our blog activities are. Yeah. And you can interact with us on the Tumblr and check all of that out. I think that's everything. So then, Whoa. anyway, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This be Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Carl. Thank Yay. you for joining us, Carl. And thank, thank you, for, you for having me. Thank you for allying with us. You bet. You you're have not nothing going to hear from me. You're not going to bomb the Kazon, are you? No, no, no. I, oh, I don't like Godfather 3. 